And now, coming to you live from atop the Goldenrod City Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle TCG Cast! Hello, 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 and welcome to the 99th episode of the Puckle TCG Cast with your host, Basket. Today we're talking SLC regionals, baby. And with me today, I have the mathematical sum, the standard deviation, our sigma. How you doing, buddy? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. It's exciting the paper cards are back. Oh yes, definitely. I'm interested in uh like this is this is what I suspect. I think that the person who's going to win the next world championships is going to be somebody who's been playing for a while, just because we haven't had that face-to-face interaction mm-hmm. playing the TCG for a very long time, and that is a huge component in playing the games. Because it's one thing when you're online, but when you're face-to-face with someone and you're trying to like, you know, like you got to shuffle the deck, you got to remember all those things. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, it can be a little nerve-wracking. You can get a little shaky. So. I'm thinking that it's going to be somebody who's been doing it a long time. Yeah. And another part of it is probably that uh, the way that World's qualification works, they're still using the qualification numbers for like the 2019 to 2020 season as well. Oh, no way. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So newcomers just are not favored to be able to qualify for Worlds. Uh, Okay. 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 Unless you go out and win a tournament like you're not going to make it this year anyway. That's upsetting. I'm wondering if there might be a decline in a, um, in like overall total players because of that, like for the people that would know that that'll happen. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the totals look like because I don't remember how many points there are floating around there from last time. It's essentially picking up right where it left off time-wise in the year, right? Because everything started shutting down like mid-March, and now everything's picking up again in mid-March two years later. Right, right. That does that does seem fair, because that was, that was a huge bummer for a lot of people. But I don't believe, like, local events are part of the mix yet, so everything's going to be based on these regional performances and the internationals as well, so. Interesting. All right, so we are here to talk about the SLC regionals, and I want to get started with this topic. So... Let's flip on those flip-flops, turn down those shades, and sit back on that beachside lounge chair as we visit Topical Beach. Grab your ice-cold Corsola Cola and pull up a chair. It's time for Tropical Beach. Alright, so we're going to kind of break down this episode into uh, like three topics. We're going to talk about the list of the top ten decks, and uh, Sigma has... One of these decks that he's <laughs> that he really really likes finds interesting, and I thought it was going to be incredibly interesting. So I'm excited to figure out exactly how this deck works, um, and then we're going to go into what deck had the biggest showing, and then we'll talk about uh, the Masters Championship uh, winning game for the Salt Lake City Regionals. All right, so let's start off with that top ten. So we have. A Mew Genesect that made it into the very 
the very last in the top 10, so number 10, which is a, a great showing. I mean, it it was the number one deck for day one. Yes. It was about half of the decks going into day two. And everyone else was here to beat it up. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody everybody else came prepared and unfortunately it was a kind of a kind of a disaster for the Mugenesect. But Caleb Getamir, if I screwed that up, Getamir, I very much apologize. But uh good job for making it in the top ten with that deck when everybody came there to just wipe it out. And then uh, the other decks we've got, uh, we have an Arceus, and did, they came out with the correct pronunciation recently, didn't they? Like the official one? Is it Arceus? I think it's with a, like a hard C, yeah. Yeah, Arceus. Okay, okay. I'll try to... I'll... Eh, it doesn't really matter if you're not getting paid by the Pokemon company, so... Yeah, I'll try to move that back in, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, so Arceus with Inteleon. We've also got a Jolteon and Inteleon. We have Gengar and Houndur, and uh, Arceus Moltres. We got two Arceus Moltres Inteleons. And then we've got one Suicune Ludicolo Inteleon, Arceus, and uh, Gengar, and um, and an Arceus Beedrill, and Flygon, which is crazy. And Sandaconda. Like, <laughs> <laughs> turns out Arceus is a dominant card, but it at least allows for multiple strategies to play with it, so it's kind of interesting in that way, right? Yeah. Whereas we've been talking about Mew VMAX for the past few months now, and there's one way to build that deck. Most decks are going to have, like, what, 50 to 55 cards that are the exact same, and then, like, five cards where they're like, yeah, let's play this instead. That's called the Spice. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Arceus is like, well, you start with your Arceus, and then you choose what you want to play with it. <laughs> and at least it makes for really interesting deck building. Like, turns out Arceus went colorless and not stuck to water and uh, metal like it was with ADP. Mm-hmm. Can make a lot of decks viable. And uh, this one's really fun. So, do you remember what this drill does? Or do you want me to tell you what it does? So, I actually, I actually don't. I remember when it came out, I was like, oh... Oh, this is cool. But then I never thought about it again because I was trying to like figure out other decks that like would be like more viable. And um I'm I'm super stoked to hear about this because I really like Beedrill. So the thing is, we're not playing Weedles. We're not playing Kakunas. Because something a lot of people probably forgot is that we actually do have like Maxi Archie in the format. Um with single strike mustard. Where you can only play it if it's the last card in your hand, but if you do, you get to search your deck for a single strike Pokemon and put it on your bench and then draw five cards. Okay, okay. Just like Archie and Maxi almost, except it doesn't have to be in your discard pile. And now we have Ultra Ball, so it's a lot easier to get one card left in hand. And you have Arceus Star to search it out, too. So it's a lot easier to get this Beedrill onto the bench. Oh, this is nice. I like that. And what it does is... For a single grass energy, if your opponent's active Pokemon has any special energy on it, knock it out. No way. Mew only plays special energy. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, they dropped their psychic energy and now they're just playing the the double turbo energy. So, (laughs) now they're all special energy and Beedrill will just knock it out for one grass energy. And its other attack does 110 and you have to discard the energy from the Pokemon. So, not bad. That is fantastic. I love this. But yeah, it just 
goodbye. Oh yeah, we have Luminia on V now too, so it's a, another card that makes it a lot easier to find that mustard if you need it, or for when you need it. Uh, is that the supporter card one, the one that uh, um, uh, lets it lets you grab a supporter? Uh, yeah, the Luminion V. You play it. It's a Tapu Lele. It's a Jirachi. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've seen it before. Not a lot of decks are playing it, though, because bench space is at a huge premium right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, so many decks are filling their bench with Sobbles, like, and Sobble does the same thing when you evolve it. So, those decks don't need Luminion. So not as many decks as you'd think are running Luminion, but hey, it's a good card in some decks that aren't playing the Inteleons. You have the Sandaconda that we talked about. Nothing too special at it, it's just a fighting Pokemon to hit your RC... Your opponent's Arceus's, and I believe Gengars are weak to it too. Crobats are weak to it. And its attack lets you move the energy from the Sandaconda to any of your other Pokemon. It's just an easy Pokemon for Arceus's attack to power up. Because, hey, when you're doing 200 damage and finding a bunch of basic energies in your deck, hey, let's power up a fighting type so you can attack the other Arceus's. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> the Flygon you mentioned, what it does is for four energy, once again, now that we have Arceus, high energy cost attacks are on the table again. <laughs> um, so, Grass Fighting Fighting Colorless. You can see why this thing is uh, not great without that Arceus. Okay, I'm seeing. I'm okay. I'm seeing how this is working because they've already got the Grass and the Fighting Energy in. Yeah, we're playing Grass and Fighting anyway, so you just play the one up Flygon because it does. Gotcha. It does 320 damage to Vmax Pokemon. You have to discard three energies for it, but if you're KOing a VMAX, does that matter? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with a choice belt, that's 350 damage. That Something is dead, and you probably won the game, Is if you're attacking with that Flygon. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's like a nice little ace in the hole kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, okay, I power it up, and now you see it. And, like, are you going to send a VMAX in? Because it's probably going to get KO'd. That could have some fun mind games, too. Yeah, it's just a fun pile of cards that now gets to work because Arceus is a card. I kind of love this deck. I want to make one now. Yeah. Like I said, Arceus enables things, and I'm okay with that. Like, I've heard <laughs> rumors of people trying out playing um, Arceus V-Star with Gyarados V-Max, which is crazy to think about. Oh, really? I've heard people using it with Delmise V-Max, which is another strong card. A lot of cards just had, like, prohibitive energy costs, and because you can power this up so quickly with the turbo energy, mm-hmm. and, hey, if you're doing 180 damage and searching for three basics, you're still doing okay. <laughs> I've actually played against uh, Arceus Cramorant VMAX, and that's terrifying, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, Arceus is a a card I'm okay with dominating, just because yeah, yeah. it's not, like, oppressive. Because it's it's letting everyone play more cards. It's opening the meta. Yeah, it seems to me like uh, this might not be like the greatest comparison, but you know, Shaman was in the format for an extremely long time, and it had a, it and it was there because of card draw, and it could get out of the um, out of the active spot by itself, and that was like that was the staple ever since it came out. And this mm-hmm. Arceus is like doing that better on top of being able to attack really well and it's and it's not it hits hard it does double computer search like it it's just a very good card but it doesn't feel like you can't beat it yeah and and like you're saying it's not so specific that you know you have to run these these cards you can yeah if you run up against an Arceus you 
you don't know what their other card is. Maybe they are just an Arceus deck because they're, like we said in the top eight, top 10 decks of the thing, there were Arceus and Teleon decks where Arceus is your only attacker and you just have Inteleons for support. Yeah. You have Inteleons finding your supporters and items that you need. You have Inteleons sniping down the rest of the damage that Arceus can't quite do. And it's good. Like, it's a healthy, it's a healthy card, I feel, right now anyway. Yeah. All right. So, how about we move on to the Mew Genesect deck? Uh, this was the most used deck in the uh, SLC regionals, but it failed to go all the way to the top. But like we mentioned before, props to Caleb Gedimer for uh, making it in the top 10. And, uh, you know, like, a lot of times when when decks, at, at least from my experience watching the TCG and stuff like that, a lot of times the uh, the most played decks have a have a better showing, mm-hmm. and uh, but everyone came in with like <laughs> almost everybody in the top ten has dark Pokemon mm-hmm. to just wipe out the Mews. Yeah, there's the one Suicune deck because that's what Suicune deck does, but mm-hmm. technically it's also a deck that's pretty good against Mew V Max because they usually have to fill their bench so they can use their Genesect's ability, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like they have the liberty of keeping things off of the bench, so that means Suicune gets to go, gets to hit hard, because Suicune's Still damage bananas. is based on the amount of Pokemon on both benches. And yeah, everything else is dark. Except Jolteon. Uh, good for Jolteon. <laughs> and uh, something I was wondering uh, that maybe you could help clear up for me, because when I was looking over a lot of the deck builds for the Mew Genesect, I was noticing that there there was potential for, like, some, like, a little bit of, like, minor clunk, because, like, as an example, a lot of the decks are running just the four Fusion Strike and the three Double Turbo Energy, which mm-hmm. is fine, because you've got, the, the Cross Fusion Strike is, even though Mew is Psychic type, it only costs two... Two colorless, yeah. Yeah, two colorless for the attack, but... The Fusion Strike energy is there, I'm assuming, because even though uh, Mew can use it, it's like if you're out of Mews or you can only get the Genesects up there or something like that. So Meloetta also's attack is dependent on the number of Fusion Strike energies you have on the field. Yeah. And that's one of their strongest attacks they can use turn to turn. Like, otherwise, they're just... Mew having zero retreat cost is dumb. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say that. Is there a way to get back their fusion strikes after they after they nope. use them okay yeah so so that was basically kind of what i was a little worried about when i was looking over it, it seemed like a like a low amount of energy for powering up technoblast if they have no other option or um they're almost always attacking with a mew like there's yeah they have to attack with mew maybe they'll attack with a meloetta sometimes just so they can attack with something that's a low price attacker that still does a lot of damage because meloetta does 70 times the number of fusion strike energy you have on the field okay oh okay okay it caps out at 280 i believe so if you have all fusion strikes on the field 280 is enough to ko a rcs and if you have a choice belt on then it doesn't matter if you have the little dce that weakens you gotcha so that that's essentially how that works out because i i was playing with around with the deck a little bit last night and it, it's really strong <laughs> And it's so dumb that it doesn't need to use uh, draw supporters at all because of Genesects. But it's also a deck that can't 
Like, it can't really find that room to put a mana fee in it to protect its bench, which it probably why Jolteon's still around. A lot of decks just can't find that room for a mana fee. Because I know a lot of people, including myself, thought Jolteon was a dead deck <laughs> as soon as mana fee showed up. Turns out, what's a Gengar gonna do? Is it gonna cut Houndour bench space for, <laughs> for a mana fee? The answer is no. <laughs> 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 Poor man of feet. <laughs> like, too many decks have way too much going on with their bench to begin with that they can't find the room for mana fee. So, <laughs> Jol- Jolteon still gets to be a deck, and I think that's kind of cool. That is cool. I- I'm happy for Jolteon. But yeah, Mew is a very strong deck, but it's also apparently very easy to hate out with, like, little Moltres. <laughs> we have good dark Pokemon that can be splashed, so... Yeah, I, I I love the variety in the in the top ten. Like, yes, there's like just a bunch of Arceus, but at the same time, it it seems like a fun uh, like a fun regional to have gone to. Mm-hmm. And if you drop down to eleventh place, you see another deck, and that's a that's a budget deck right there. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was yeah I was thinking about like bringing that up because that <laughs> that seems like a fun little deck right there. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, Malamar and Teleon. Yeah. Everything's relying on being able to KO these two prize attackers, and when you're going in under them with a Malamar that's doing, like, probably 200-ish damage a turn, like, it's it's scary. (laughs) Yes. Also, another thing is this week they revealed a new card that's going to, well, yeah. Actually, I think it was last weekend at this point. There's a new card coming out soon in Japan, and it'll be in our next set, most likely, too, so we'll see it in May. And, uh... It makes it so all special energy just count as a colorless energy. Whoa, is that like a stadium or something? That's or a like... stadium, yeah. Oh my, wow, that is, that sounds brutal. Yeah, and uh, a lot of decks are going to be scared of that. I, I really like this design philosophy they're having where we put hate cards in the stadium slot because <laughs> people play stadiums, right? Yeah. So it, it's more fun that way. It's like... Here's Path the Peak in a stadium spot. We're getting another Team Magma secret base coming, too, in the next set. It's crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you put a basic from your hand and onto your bench, it takes two damage. That's great. I love that card. <laughs> Jolteon <Wow>. loves it. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited. I love all these good stadiums that they're coming out with. Having to choose between what stadiums you want to run... Uh, <laughs> chaotic swell was such a bad card though please never print that again <laughs> it just kills all that play i that's one of the cards i probably want banned and expanded just because there's so many cool things to do with the stadium slot and that just ruins it <laughs> yeah i i kind of like the idea of uh almost like forcing stadiums on people because then now like for one it's a it can be kind of a rarely used mechanic in some, like some years, you know? Yeah, it's a slot that most decks want to use, but some of them forgo using, and it's like, well, if you can force other people to use it, like, cool. Yeah, and that that also makes it a lot harder to come up with your deck. There's a lot more, like, involved in it as well, because then you have to cut some things that you really don't, you really wouldn't want to cut regularly. Yeah. So it's interesting, and it, I, I like it when that mechanic is, is there. All right, so you ready to move on? Yeah. All right. So the Masters Championship and the last winning game. So Andrew Kennett with his Arceus Gengar VMAX 
versus Daniel Lynch with Suicune, Ludicolo, and Inteleon was the final matchup. And uh, congratulations, Andrew Kennett. <laughs> Arceus Gengar took the took the gold. It was a fantastic match to watch. It was a uh, Andrew Andrew won the first two games, so there wasn't a third. But he had some he had some fun little inserts into that deck that people did not expect. And I think it kind of put Daniel on the back on the back foot a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Tool Scrapper is a great card, but it has not been used as much as it has previously. But he had that card in uh, he had a couple of those in there. And then he also had two hyper potions. Hmm. Who takes hyper potions to a tournament? I mean I guess what makes sense is the if the meta can just barely KO you and you can hyper potion to out of that range might be worth it. Like if you're, if that's what you're calculating, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And he, um, <laughs> and he won the second game with the combo of those two cards. It was a three turn combo. I don't remember exactly how the middle one went, but, uh, he had a Arceus, uh, Arceus on the field, uh, or in the active spot. And it was smacked with, a uh, with an attack from a Suicune. And then he, Andrew had the Arceus stacked with the the energies that he needed to attack, as well as the uh, the uh, oh my gosh, I keep going blank on the uh, the name of the double colorless energy. I I forget it too. I just call it the new double colorless. <laughs> yeah, the new double colorless. He had a new double colorless on there as well. He had two of those in his deck, and the two games that I saw him play, it seemed like he pretty much like he did use them to attack like once or twice, but. Uh, it seemed like they were mostly there for the hyper potion because he had the energies he 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 almost always had the energies he wanted on the Pokemon he wanted to attack, but then he would put those uh, that new double colorless energy there, and then he would put out the hyper potion, heal it, and then throw away the double colorless. Mm. Because for those of you that don't know, the hyper potion you have to discard two energy in order to use it. So he had the Arceus out there. He was on the back foot because all he had on the, uh, on the bench was, uh, I think it was, a uh, Oh my gosh. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember, but he had something that was for, for like a uh, card draw or something like that. That was or a like, barrel probably. Yes. Yes. It was. Well, he had a B-doof. He did. He wasn't even able to evolve it to the Bibarel, but yes. The Arceus deck had a Bibarel engine too, because yeah, yeah. that's why you run Arceus and Gengar instead of Houndoom Gengar, because you have more bench space for like, a supporter like Bebe- a support Pokemon like Babarel. Yes, and uh, so he had the Bidoof on the bench. So he was really on the back foot. Got hit, and then he threw down the Hyper Potion, healed just enough to where he could take another hit from the from the Suicune. Takes a hit in the third one, and then with a Tool Scrapper uh, and the damage that he had already done to the Suicune, he takes off the Cape of uh, Toughness, and then bam! Ooh. Now. Uh, now Suicune's gone, and that was the last two prize cards. It was a very interesting, fun game to watch. Uh, it's on YouTube. I would suggest you guys go on there and look at it. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot, lot of fun to watch. I, I like Suicune decks. They they play in a fun way. We've also heard people running Entei instead of Suicune because it's the same card. Uh, just fire type. <laughs> I guess you would probably lose... Melanie's if it's playing Melanie, but that's about it. Uh, and it doesn't look like... Oh, no, it is playing Melanie. Like, that's what you lose. But I think there's other fire support now that'll boost you up, so... 
Like Raikou, Raikou, Entei, and Suicune are all the same card. Um, it's fun to see those that those do well. Yeah, and I would be interested to try see if there's any. I, I want to look up and see if there's any decks that are kind of doing like a like a mythical dog box kind of thing. Mm. I wonder if there's any way to do that. I don't think we have like the energy to really want to do that right now. Like we have Aurora energy, and that's about it. Because they don't have like any of the styles to them. They're just plain Pokemon, so oh, yeah, getting the right. right energy at the right time would be a little awkward. Yeah, I would no. imagine that you probably focus on water energy because Melanie is just that good of a ramp card. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Daniel Lynch was uh, with the Suicune, Ludi, and Teleon deck. He was no pushover. He was going hard, but the first the first game, it was kind of... and uh, He ended up on the back foot, and then he had Andrew Kennett where he wanted him, <clears throat> and then it was just that that last three-turn combo that just completely turned it around. It was very fun to watch, but I cannot uh, imagine the uh, the frustration that <laughs> Daniel Lynch had because it was almost it was almost the end there. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, that would be rough. Like, if you're up against uh, Houndoom Gengar, you're probably in a lot better of a position because they kind of have to fill their bench mm-hmm. a lot, whereas. The Arceus version doesn't have to. Yeah. Because in the top eight, the Suicune deck faced off against Arceus and Talion, which is a version of Arceus where you're probably going to fill your bench up a lot more, so it gets to do more damage. All right. So that'll wrap up our topic, unless there was anything else you wanted to add to that? No. I'm I'm just happy that it's kind of a fun meta. It's just unfortunate that the latter is still a lot of Mew. (laughs) Yes. Because, like we said... 32 of the 74, I believe, day two decks were Mew, right? Like, it's not like Mew wasn't being played. No, no. And it, and it had a great showing. It was just everybody came there yeah. to hit Mew. It's just that everyone in day two was there to kill Mew. Yep. Yeah. Poor, <laughs> poor Mew players. That was brutal. All right. So let's move on to our Venusaur best. I'm so excited we get to do it this week. Before you march as a titan, do not be ashamed of the fear inside you. Embrace it as you witness the Venusaur best. Look, you guys, it's a Venusaur. All right, and we are back with the Venusaur best. Sigma, why don't you go first? You've got a fun deck. All right, so found found a fun deck. It's running the Raichu from the new set. Uh, so let's remind you what Raichu does. 200 HP, it's a Raichu V. First attack, if you go first, you can use this attack on your first turn. For lightning energy, you search your deck for another lightning energy and put it on this Pokemon. Nice, simple, easy to do. And the attack we're using it for is a Dynamic Spark, which is a 60x, and you discard any number of lightning Pokemon energy from all your Pokemon, and it does 60 times the number of cards you discard this way. So, probably with the Flappy... If you can get all the Flappy on the bench, which is a little rough, but you're looking at like 240 to 300 damage per turn if you get your like regular attached to, right? That's awesome. If you remember, Flappy is electric from way back in black and white, Um, (laughs) where once per turn, each one can put a lightning energy from your discard pile onto your bench. So you're recycling all those lightning energies. 
It's running a Raikou, which, like we just talked about last segment, just like Suicune. Two energy does 20 plus 20 for each Pokemon on your bench, since you're filling it up with Flappy anyway. Hey, that's... You got a full bench, and hopefully your opponent does too. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, stadium card Stormy Mountains, really good for this deck, where each turn you can search for a basic lightning Pokemon and put it onto your bench. Your opponent can look for a basic dragon or lightning too, but hey, who cares? (laughs) You got all the lightnings here, so... Well, except a Crobat and a Luminion in the support slots, but eh, whatever. We get to run my favorite special energy, probably of all time, in the Speed Lightning energy. Nothing like drawing two for playing your attach per turn. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Such a good ability. We actually get to play Marnie's Pride as well. A new card from the new set. All it does is attach a basic energy from the discard pile to one of your benched Pokemon. That's it. But hey, when we're dealing damage based on discarding the energy, works out. So it, it it's a fun deck. It hits good numbers. Uh, you're only evolving the Flappies. So. <laughs> the Flappies. The Flappies. <laughs> hey, and we even have space for a Manaphy. So look at that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. So my choice is Wormadam Box. This is a very fun, kind of hilarious decks, uh, deck. So you're running, uh, or the list that I found, you're running four Zerua, four Zorark, four Burmy, uh, and then you've got two Fighting Wormadams, and then one each of the other Wormadams for those potentially uh, special effective needs there. And then you've got the uh, Bidoof Bibarel draw engine, and then you have, uh, and then you have some extra cards there that are basically there. It seems like to uh, Disrupt single strike, which is pretty cool. Um, and I think does wait does Huntail uh, does that disrupt Rapid Strike? Is that what is that what that's doing there? I forgot to look that up. Uh, Huntail makes it so single strike Pokemon's cost one more energy. Oh, that's right. Attack. That's right. Yeah. So Gorobis does it for Rapid Strike, and then Galar- Galarian Meowth um, makes it really hard for uh, single strike because um, uh, not quite. What Galarian Meowth does is it just discards cards. Literally, the only point of Galarian Meowth is to discard the cards, because Wormadam's damage is based on the Pokemon in your discard pile. Okay, so what am I thinking of? <laughs> is it the Glissopod? Uh, um, he's got a hard time slash, and then Glissopod's also got the... Uh... Yeah, Glissopod's there for heavy, probably Arceus decks, really. Because Arceus decks are the ones that are going to fill their bench and active with a V Pokemon. Because that's what Zoroark does. Because Zoroark has an ability called Phantom Transformation that once during your turn, you may choose a Stage 1 Pokemon, except for Zoroark, from your discard pile, and discard this and all cards attached to it and switch it with the Stage 1. So that's how you get your Galissapods, your Huntails, all those things out. That's uh, that's one of my favorite parts of this uh, of this deck, because, you know, arguably so, but my personal thing is... Zoroark's pretty much like the coolest Pokemon in this. I mean, Glissopod's pretty cool too. <laughs> but uh, I just love the idea of switching out a Zoroark for like a Wormadam or, <laughs> or like a Bibarel or something like that. Like just trying to get trying to get your engine going. Yeah, it's like you find what you need. That's probably why there are more Bibarels than there are Bidoofs. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's beautiful. And then the supporters and tools and all that you've got uh 
Professor's Research Boss's orders, you know, regular stuff, Ultra Ball, Quick Ball, Evolution Incense to help you get the Pokemon you need if you can't get the... Probably to uh, evolve the uh, Zerua, or if you can't get the Zerua or Zoroark on the field. One of the other ones, you got Choice Bells, Air Balloons, and then uh, you've also got uh, Zinnia's Resolve. Uh, you discard two cards, and then you draw a card for each of your opponent's Pokemon in play. Yeah, so some more some more card draw in this. More card draw, more card discard. Exactly. Like I said, you're throwing everything away. That's what Wormadam want to do. You're throwing everything plus the kitchen sink into the discard, trying to pump up those Wormadams. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's basically the deck. I love it. I love it when they uh, are able to create a card that goes off like a game mechanic that's specific to the Pokemon, like this Zoroark. And just being able to put something together that's just going to be a lot of fun to play. Mm -hmm. Now, it looks like a really fun toolbox card, and I'm glad people are playing around with Wormadam. This almost feels like an expanded deck. Almost. It does. It does, because it's <laughs> it's like all those different cards. Because it's a toolbox, and that's usually what you see in expanded. All right. So that is going to be it for our episode today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and continuing our support. We've got episode 100 coming up next month, and I'm going to try and figure out something fun for that. So you guys, keep it easy. And enjoy the rest of your month. Sigma, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Puckle Peeps, we love you. Bye. See ya. It's closing.